do you ghost? <laughs> have you have you ever ghosted a tutor? Do you ghost a tutor or do you what you know, like what what is the etiquette there? Welcome to the Flojo, a podcast all about loving living and learning languages. Hello, my name is Kirsten Cable from fluentlanguage.co.uk and today my trusty co-host is back in the saddle, Lindsay from Lindsay Does Languages. Hey, Lindsay. Nay. <laughs> back in the saddle. Back in What the saddle, riding to fluency in other languages. Love it. Love it too. Keep going. <laughs> keep keep going with the horse metaphor. Okay. It's um, working. How was your recent trek to Nice. To Korea. To Korea. <laughs> <laughs> um it's it's good. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. I was there for like two weeks. Mm -hmm. Um five days, six days or so with Shannon um in Seoul and then I went on down to Jeju Island and Gwangju and then back up to Seoul and then flew home. Now you were saying that you found Korean quite difficult in in the run up. Mm. Like every time I heard you talk about Korean you're always like, "Oh, it's really hard. It's, you know, I yeah, can't quite yeah. get into it." What was it like being there? Uh easier. Mm -hmm. Um to be honest, I think I felt like I had a comfortable amount of Korean to kind of get by and I was like happy with the amount I did have. When I first arrived, I was not happy. I was like, "Oh man, Oh, this feels like such a waste opportunity. <laughs> oh, why am I here? I just don't know enough to deserve to be here. Do you know what I mean? Um, but it didn't last long, you know, because it, a day or two, and then all of a sudden you're kind of like beginning to get into the groove of those same conversations that you've been practicing over and over, you know, ordering food and whatnot. Um, so yeah, it was great. It was great. And Shannon's uh, Shannon's child came with us to Seoul, oh which my was God, like amazing. the best conversation starter. Like people <laughs> would, <laughs> people would be like, "He's cute," <laughs> and then it's like, boom, instant conversation like to be had right there. Whereas I think if we were just two foreign girls on a tube, no one would have spoke to us. So that was cool. Mm, yeah, yeah, I can kind of see that because because he looks mm. fairly unusual for 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 Korea, I suppose. With mm, Shannon mm. being an American person, he'll you know, so it it'll it'll stand out and and yeah, people react, don't they? People react to children. Children react to people. Children and dogs. Children, children and, and dogs. Like dogs. Well, pets, I suppose. Like I can't take Gonzo very far for a little walk without. <laughs> I say walk, I carry her, but you know what I mean. If I go out in the summer. There's always going to be like someone guaranteed that's like, what? That's a tortoise. It's like, yep, there she is. So yeah, children and pets. Good conversation starters. Good Take conversation them with you starters. on holiday. Please travel with. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. I think two weeks is a good time to spend somewhere if you are self-directed and you're kind of on your own sort of trip and you want to go into the language. Yeah. Anything it was, it more was is nice... perhaps unrealistic. Yeah, it was a nice amount of time because I'd been in Spain for two weeks as well before. Mm -hmm. um, so it was nice, kind of like just enough. Like I was ready to come home just to kind of get back into work and stuff. <laughs> Excellent. So listeners, today we are, well, we're not, we're not actually talking about travel in the big context of the show. We are going to talk about picking the perfect language teacher or as as I put it in my various random headlines that I tried to try it for this show, finding questions and thoughts really that you should have, questions you should ask a language tutor if you're looking for major compatibility. Before we crack on to that, Lindsay, did you know mm -hmm. that the Fluent Show now has got a Patreon? I did because you told me, but I'll pretend that I didn't. <laughs> What? I know, isn't it amazing? <laughs> <laughs> Patreon is a wonderful way for people to support the show. If you want to, you can just any any amount at all that you want to give, anything that you want to do to support the Fluent Show and join a sort of little community where you get behind the scenes moments that that 
Lindsay hasn't put on the main show <laughs> behind the scenes moments <laughs> where we where we give you a little bit extra, like the full extended show notes. They're always going to be on there. Early access to the episodes when they're edited, which sometimes might mean four minutes early access, <laughs> but sometimes it's several weeks. So it allows you a little bit more freedom in how you consume the Fluent Show as well, if you like that kind of thing. If you want to support us and become a part of the Patreon supporter community for this podcast, then head over to patreon.com slash Fluent Show. We also have got a new show sponsor. So I want to give a shout out to Yabla. 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 I don't know how to best pronounce it. Yabla. It's kind of like Yabla. 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 Mm -hmm. And you've tried Yabla in the past as well, haven't you? Yes, I have. Yes, I worked with Yabla a few years ago now. Mm -hmm. They've been around. They've really, really mm -hmm. been around. Mm -hmm. And when Yabla got in touch and they became a sponsor, I kind of went back on the, on the platform because I'd previously looked at it as a German tutor. Mm. And I wanted to have a little bit of a dive because I realized that they've got a lot of Chinese videos. Now that I'm learning a language that is a little bit more widely spoken, I get access to all of these resources, <laughs> you know, like there's lots more out there. So I'm watching a, t a Chinese show now called The Gym, which seems to be a reality show about, it's kind of like Love Island, but in a gym. That's how I feel it's... Amazing. With, with I... Possibly wrote, more subtlety about the falling in love bit, but I think that's totally what it's about. I wrote a blog post over the summer about why reality TV is really good for language learning. Isn't it so good? It's and my favorite. And I genuinely didn't know you were going to talk about that, so that's cool. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. It's. I think it's really good. I love reality TV. I've been watching so much Welsh reality TV. I still do, and just taking it over to Chinese now. So, so amazing. Yabla, coming back to it, is is that, but more than reality TV, because you, you might not be quite sold on that. So their range of videos is much, much wider than that. It is a video platform online. They also have an app. I've been watching them on the iPad. I've been watching it on the iPhone, and it's all been working really, really well. They offer language immersion through engaging videos for Spanish, English, Italian, French, German, and Chinese language learners. Yabla features authentic content by native speakers. So it really is a TV show like you'd get on on TV there. Mm. Custom playback, subtitles. So you get your subtitles in, in for Chinese, I'm getting them in characters, pinyin, and in English. And nice. I can switch either of them off. So I can I can really customize what I want to see. And it's not just one setting like you might do on Netflix, but it's actually you can switch it off per sentence. Mm. And then they've got learning games and flashcards. And the player is pretty cool because you can loop a sentence. So I can really I can really loop a sentence so that I hear it again and again and again. And then there's a slow setting as well. So I can hear her, I can hear the lady say, Dadja how, slow, fast. I can get her to say it as many times as I like. Without That's me actually really cool. having to press any buttons. You know, you press the button once and it's sorted. Diabla is the premier language learning video platform with all these tools just to describe and they will enhance your conversational understanding and they have a patented dictation game called Scribe. <laughs> so dictation, if, if dictation games are your bag, they've got them. So you can start streaming authentic shows that you enjoy and learn at the same time. They've got a free trial for all of the show's listeners and you can get that at yabla.com slash fluent show so head over there if you want to watch the gym reality shows in chinese or shows in any of the other languages that yabla offers <laughs> thank you so much to them for supporting the show and thank you so much to all of our patrons for supporting the fluent show as well Woo. now Ooh. Lindsay, yes let's talk about language lessons and online lessons, offline lessons. And when I started thinking about this, this idea of finding your dream language tutor, mm. the, you know, the, the things that you've got to know if you want to come out with a good match, I started thinking about it and I thought we, we kind of have to, for a discussion this big, we have to clear, like fence in the parameters really and say what exactly we, we want to talk about. So that's where I'd like to start. We were talking about finding a private language tutor. Okay. And that's something that's something that we know about from both sides, or at least I have. I've taught 
private, one-to-one. I've taught groups, I've taught online, and I've taught offline. Is that the same for you? Yes. Um, Private and then like corporate and then both sides of that. There's been groups and there's been individual and then there's been online and there's been offline. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so it's really, it's really a wide, uh, quite a big range of experience that we're bringing. And of course, we've all, we've both taken classes, and I've taken private institutional classes in my languages, and I've also obviously taken Skype lessons and sort of Italki lessons, and yeah, and and one to one lessons with a person kind of in a cafe as well. So I've done, I've done all of that too. It's it's crazy when you think about it, you know, how much language lessons build up. So really, we're talking about private language tutors. And that means two things. Number one, it means we're not going to be talking too much about how to find and um, settle yourself into a good group class, because that's a different kind of environment. Though when I thought about this, I thought I would recommend any language learner, really any adult learner to try a, a group class at least once or twice. What do you think about that? Yeah, I'm trying to think. See, my experience with groups probably like dates back to school. And even then, like my kind of A-level Spanish final year, there was like me and my best friend. And that was it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I haven't been in a group for a long time. Oh, really? Yeah. I had a, um, when I'd studied Russian, which was my before Welsh language, I went to I went to local group classes that were organized by a friend. And, mm. you know, she she privately, like I organized my German classes. She hired a room in the local friends meeting house and we would go there and we would, you know, she would teach us Russian. And um, yeah, there was about six, seven, eight people in the class. You paid up front yeah. for the package and, you know, you then came along for like eight weeks. So it's a bit yeah. like the adult college kind of model, but differently. That's cool. Mm, and Christian, when he was learning languages, my husband, he only took evening classes. He only did the adult college kind of thing where you go on a Tuesday night for two hours. Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like it's the expected way when you're an adult. It seems like, you know, mm -hmm. kind of from the sort of outside of language nerdery perspective, it's like that's how you have always learned at school. So that's how you would learn as an adult. But I feel like there's a lot more ways than that. But that doesn't mean that it's bad. I'm not saying that at all. No, I really think I really think it's worth trying mm. and maybe even trying more than once because it it can depend on the teacher. But th the thing is, a private language tutor will fit into your schedule so much better because you can kind of fit them around, you know, you can fit them around your schedule. You're only mm. paying one person. I think the perception is that language lessons that are held privately are going to be much more expensive. And even in person, that's not really true anymore. Mm. Mm. Not everywhere, at least. So, well, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about private language tutors, and that really is a one-to-one, -one, maximum two-to-one kind of thing. But we will touch on online and offline, I think. And the other thing as well is that this is very different to what you might look for in a good, or what might make a good school teacher of a language. Lindsay, I thought you, obviously, you, you're married to a school teacher, so I thought maybe you've got a perspective on on whether you think that is that is true, whether you'd agree with that. Um, yeah, I think there's some differences there. Um, I mean, on like Teach Languages Online podcast, a lot of what that is about is bringing together the kind of like language tutor perspective that is me and then the actual school, like academic environment that's Ashley, you know? And mm -hmm. I think that's quite interesting. The way that like things are, that we've been taught things differently you know, mm -hmm. in the way that in, in our own kind of training and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we language to private language tutors, if we have been taught how to do it, we, it tends to be that we were trained as teachers, right? We were trained in right. for the classroom. You don't really right. get trained to be a private tutor anywhere in the world. No, I would say perhaps the only exception would be um, with English. It, well, there's other probably equivalents for different languages, but things like TEFL, where mm -hmm. it's not necessarily classroom, is it? It's not always classroom based that they teach you. It's like, these are the nuts and bolts of the language. Here are some. I mean, I think thinking about there was like one bit that was like classroom activities in my TEFL course. But, you know, a lot of that stuff tends to be slightly different from typical school teacher training as well so mm. yeah 
Yeah, that's really interesting because I never, when I taught, I always, when I first taught, I, I almost mimicked the classes that I had received. Mm. And I slowly developed my own style as an online tutor over the years. And that included, like, you, you sort of have to make decisions when you want to one teacher. I think you may have, you have to make decisions about how much English, say, because say, I taught German, how much English will I allow into right. my classes? Right. When do I think English is useful? How much do I expect my student to do at home? And there's, you know, there's all these questions that you, you suddenly have to think about. And in a group class, those are also relevant. But you, with some of them, likely, how much do I expect the student to prepare and to do at home? Not necessarily mm. as relevant because you've got, when you've got five or 10 people in a group, you're more likely to find one that does what you tell them to do. Mm. Whereas if you've got one, then they, they, they just don't. <laughs> That's been my experience. <laughs> Sometimes they do, but it's the exception because they have a, they have a life and, and it's, not, it's not how they necessarily think about the class either. Yeah. Well, veering off already. So that's just to say, really what we're talking about is how you as as a language learner can go about finding a good language tutor. And there's a big question at the start there, which really is, what is it when you're getting private classes, when you're logging onto that online directory? What is it? What what do you want? <laughs> like what is it that you want? And Lindsay has got some Lindsay from You've recently taught this on Language Study Club, which I've put in the show notes, listeners. Lindsay and Shannon together run this this group called Language Study Club with monthly workshops. So I, you kindly allowed us to kind of, you know, skim through your research there. And you've got so, so much. So I wanted to say, like, Lindsay, go for it. What What is the research you've got up your sleeve on what people actually want from a language lesson? Okay. Let me open my document. <laughs> I didn't read all the notes first. <laughs> One second. Paper sound effect. <laughs> this is Lindsay opening a tome. I can, I can, this is the tome. Tome. <laughs> Foley artist of Tfluenjo is in the house. Okay. Ready? Mm hmm So, Yeah. Um, when I was researching for Language Study Club for this topic, um, I we, we always like to draw from a little bit of kind of pedagogic research and uh, and all of that, some papers and things, and really kind of dig deep onto a topic. And for this one, I found um, a bit of research from a guy called Andrew L. Thomas, which is from a British council book called Language Teacher Education, an integrated program for ELT teacher training. And that's from 1987. So it's a little bit old, but I feel like there's a lot we can draw from from that, especially when we then adapt it to a kind of modern context of like an online teacher. So when we think about what we want from an online teacher, we're not necessarily aware of all those things. First of all, I think, you know, we think, oh, well, I want someone who's going to be on time. I want someone who's going to help me learn the language. I want someone who's going to be patient and kind and all of those things, right? Mm -hmm. But there's things that a good teacher is that we don't realize unless we think about it. And I hadn't really thought about it until I kind of discovered this research. So those three things are, because what, what Andrew L. Thomas is saying in his paper is that as a learner, what you want from lessons is language competence, right? Would you agree with that? You want to be able to use that language. That's what you're going to a lesson for. That's what you're paying for. Yes. I get. Uh, well, language competence is... Is any of your language activities, right? To, yeah, you want to be able to use the language, to speak it, to read it, to write it, to listen to it, right? Yes, yeah. Okay. Um, but this means then that a teacher needs, number one, language competence that is greater than where you are now, right? And there's there's that kind of like old kind of fridge magnet-esque saying of like, a teacher only needs to be one step ahead of the class. Well, I'd kind of disagree with that. You want to be a couple of steps ahead, you know, ideally a few staircases ahead, right? But, you know, so a teacher would need a good solid language competence of the language they're teaching. But that alone isn't going to be enough. So it's not just about being able to know the language, which is why, you know, just being a native speaker of a language 
doesn't necessarily make you the best teacher right away. Oh, absolutely. Because there's, yeah. there's other things that go along with that in terms of being a good teacher. The second is pedagogic competence, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And that means actually, you know, having the ability to teach and being competent at teaching, right? Yeah. And Thomas, do- what Thomas does here is really interesting because he kind of divides this into four categories. So the idea of management, teaching, preparation, and assessment. And they're not quite what you might think of at first. So management, you know, this is defined in the in the paper as classroom management, establishing rapport, managing equipment and materials. But I think when we put that into a one-on-one setting, then, and probably an online setting, that kind of changes a little bit because it's not about classroom management then, is it? It's about being able to establish a rapport and kind of manage the tech all of you know over over skype yeah not being able to manage a class of of people so that changes ever so slightly well we've we've all had the language class with the tutor where they are i don't know like they're in a cafe and it's really noisy and you can't actually hear them right right exactly that exactly that that comes into this idea of management yes being, being kind of pedagogically competent yeah um so they've got to be there and you got they've got to be there when they say they are and they've got to let you know how to connect and they've got to be you know they just got you know it's professionalism really exactly exactly yeah that that fits into that idea teaching Mm -hmm. again this is all under that umbrella term of pedagogic competence teaching this is kind of the obvious one right so is a te- is your teacher actually a good teacher? Are they giving you enough chance to try what you've learned? Are they doing more than just presenting information? Are they actually challenging you with the way that they're teaching you, right? And there's so many different mm-hmm. ways that someone can be a good teacher. I feel like that is the thing that is more personal out of all of this. That's the one where it can kind of get really interesting and creative. You know, I think a lot of because a lot of this research is always ELT research because that is where yeah. that is where we can get the numbers to actually come up with exactly. something that is statistically relevant. And it's something that I've learned from being a German teacher and I think this is maybe more of I don't know if it's more of a German teacher thing but you know like I tend to work with somebody like this teaching skill I would put into that also knowing your student and knowing their likely subject knowledge. Does that make any sense? So kind of, I'm going to get to that in a minute. Okay. okay. You've jumped ahead. Um, So the next one is preparation. Yeah. Now this is kind of different between management because this is more directly related to preparing for the teaching itself, right? Mm -hmm. So this is about, is the teacher actually preparing for the for the teaching rather than just being on time and knowing how to use Skype and all of that, right? Yeah, okay. So that's where this fits in. That's an and interesting then, one for online lessons and for how we yeah. polyglot see it. So we'll come back to that as well. It's okay, a good one. Interesting. And assessment. And so the final area of that pedagogic competence is assessment. And this isn't, this is the one that sounds least like what it sounds like at first, right? Mm-hmm. This isn't about like, can they test you? Can they, you know, go tick, tick, tick? Yes, you've passed. It's not about that. It's about, can they assess themselves? Can, mm-hmm. How good is the teacher at assessing themselves? Now, this is a really difficult thing to determine as a student because, you know, the teacher's probably going to do it privately, but you might be able to spot a few things. If they're good at this, they'll be doing this on the spot in the lesson, right? So, you know, yeah. think about this. If you don't understand something in a lesson, is your teacher just trying to carry on and plow through and move on to the next thing and regardless or are they actually adapting the lesson and adjusting things on the spot to make sure that they're going off on a tangent to the point that you do understand? Mm-hmm. They're creating new activities on the fly so that, you know, you can actually get this thing, right? Yes. You know, That's, when, when I used to teach lessons, yeah. I used to feel that this would happen to me where where um, I would kind of prepare this magical activity and then realize very quickly in like oh but my student's got a gap in you know like in say exactly in the dativ or something or there's just a way that i keep observing them using german wrong so Mm. then i would go okay do you know what let's just stop this let's explain this um and then and then i would sort of make up a few like you know like my wife goes shopping my wife said she would go shopping my wife said she would go shopping on friday you know like just you know let's Mm. let's build this in and then i'd come out feeling like well, I kind of suck because I did, again didn't deliver the lesson that I thought I would. But you're saying that's actually a good thing. 
That's a good thing yeah. because you, you know you've 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 got that pedagogic competence of being able to assess. Hang on, this student isn't getting this, and this is what you were saying earlier. This is where I said you were jumping the gun, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. This fits into that idea of assessment. Mm. That's so, not all. Yeah. Sorry. Go on. Sorry. <laughs> in, in addition, or like the um, allowing allowing the gun to land. Then that I jumped. Um, is that what you do with guns? I don't know. So. No, but I like that extension <laughs> of the expression, allowing yeah. the gun to land. Yeah. Go so on. one thing I learned over time was not so much, I mean, it was also about like my individual students awareness, but then with teacher experience, I think this might be an experience thing. You start getting a sense of, oh, this is what everybody tends to get wrong. Exactly. And this is what all the, like the English speakers all make the same mistakes in German and it's, and oh, now I realize why they all make that same mistake. So I got much, much better at explaining it because what I learned to do over years of teaching German is to say to somebody, oh, I see what you're trying to do. Interesting. So what you're talking about there kind of creeps into the final point mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Of, of what makes a good I'm going to um, stop jumping down teacher. No, it's good because it's showing that actually this is this is true. This is all yeah. connected. Um, and that final point, so we've got, just to just to recap, language competence, mm-hmm. how well they can actually use the language, pedagogic competence, how well they can actually teach, and finally, language awareness. What do you think, just from those three kind of descriptions, what do you think is the difference then between language competence and language awareness? So language competence, if I'm a German teacher and you're coming to me and you want a private class in German, mm. I would say language competence is how well do I know German and also like how well do I know the German grammar structures to explain them? How easily can I give you words that you can use and stuff like that? Mm. Whereas language awareness would be more about how much do I know about how German and your native language interact and how much can I help you do what you want to do? do in German. Interesting. You kind of grouped what counts as language awareness according to this little system from this paper. You put that into the first one, the second thing you said about, you know, how does lang- how does German grammar work and yeah. how does the, the I wasn't, you know, yeah, I wasn't sure about that yeah, bit. Yeah. <laughs> like I so, can speak German, but can I explain German? This is exactly, that's exactly it. So this is the direct quote is like language awareness is explicit knowledge of the language system and how it operates in communication. So it's different because it's not about just being able to, you know, perform off the cuff. It's about knowing actually how people are able to do that and mm-hmm. the bits of language that are kind of cogging together and connecting to make that happen. And, and oh that's my God. what language awareness is. And that's why this is the bit that's why, you know, just being a native speaker isn't enough. Mm-hmm. And this tends to be where um, a non-native speaker sort of it's it's almost easier because they're not having to learn about their own language. They've learned all of this stuff in that other language as they've learned it, right? A hundred percent. I think mm. language awareness is probably what we neglect. What the hmm, okay, what what we sort of neglect when we're looking for a teacher as like a polyglot. I think that's that's where you get where you can most become the student who doesn't really look for that because you're like, well, I can figure that out myself, which yeah. is true. It is true, you know, like, because you can figure it out yourself. And as your skill of learning a language increases, maybe you actually need less of that from your teacher. But I still think any experienced teacher will slash should have that in their Mm. arsenal. And it's going to make them better. Like they interact these skills, don't they? Yeah, exactly. And and as you kind of demonstrated by the way that you were kind of working ahead mm. all the time, is they're they're so they're so inter interwoven. Um, you know, and a good teacher would have this all of this kind of connected together. You know, they're not three separate parts. They all sort of boop mush together. So language competence, pedagogic skills, and language awareness. Mm-hmm. And what we want out of it is language competence. Yeah, that's what we want as the learner. Mm. Yeah. So I've got a few questions here that I wrote down for the language learner. So if someone's listening to this and you you're in the market for a new tutor, a few questions that you could you could ask yourself before you go looking. Mm-hmm. So they they are these that I think that I wrote down back when I, but back when I was teach, you know, when I was just tutoring mostly, um, this is really what I had in my mind. So number one, and I think this is something I added since then, I, that I observe in myself is how committed do you want to be? 
Right. Right. I think you had that in your in your notes as do you want a package or do you want to you know Yeah. Yeah. And do you want a tutor, you know, do you want a tutor for the next years or are you yeah. just dabbling? I think that's where goals then come in, you know, if you set yourself some goals for the language, mm. you know, do you actually know what you're after? Yeah. Yeah, so and and then that and I think that's fair to the tutor as well if you come in and you you've got a sense of 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 how much you want because it it automatically influences what you're expecting from them. Mm. So that was my first one. Number two, a bit more practical. Are you aiming for a specific skill? Like, for example, reading literature or applying for jobs or you want to make small talk or you want to function in anything specific? And this really is goals. We've talked about this so many times, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. And I think sometimes we might start out and not realize what that specific skill is. We tend to just think, oh, well, I want to be able to talk to people. Mm -hmm. I wanna, do you know what I mean? Like the classic, oh, I want to be fluent. And then as we go along, actually what happens is things, you know, something catches our attention and, you know, we might like discover something about an author and then we want to read literature in the language. And, you know, these, these goals might develop, these skills that we want to develop might kind of appear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very true. Very true. Which, which sort of, if at the start you, you, you basically want to come in, you want to have some conversations with your tutor and you kind of want to practice conversation then in that sense is that is the specific skill that you're aiming for mm. Mm, i recently heard i it's funny because i had scott young on the show recently and he wrote that he wrote the ultra learning book and he he was he's done an awful lot of of language learning and he's done an awful lot of podcast visiting as well because you know he has a new book so so i heard scott on the actual fluency podcast as well and i and i listened to the interview because i thought oh let's well, see how see what chris does differently to me but actually it was really interesting because it got into this conversation about languages and he said that you know he explained a bit more about this no english rule that he puts at the start of his his um his studies or his I think all the way through and he was saying that he really will have a lesson at first with the tutor to get really specific and say okay well I don't want to speak in English like none but my language x sucks so I'm going to need you to be patient I'm going to need you to not teach me what you want to teach me um but instead to you know we're gonna we're gonna have to google translate this we're gonna have to do this he kind of does it like the Benny Lewis style um and that is just, just for everybody, that is one way of doing it, um, which can be extremely effective, though. But I liked the way he made it very clear that, you know, he has a skill. He knows he has a very specific way of doing the skill, that he, of, of saying what he wants. And he will take the time to say that to the tutor at the start. Mm. So it's, I'm really not commenting on the method more than the, the recommendation here is, is, you know, be clear with your tutor. Yeah. I think that's something that is very easy to ignore, especially if you know, we feel like, okay, I've got a tutor now, they're going to know what to do. But, you know, you have to know yourself as well. And at the start, especially, you do know yourself and they don't know you yet, <laughs> you know? So it's fine to kind of say to a tutor, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I want to do. These are what my goals are to kind of get all those points across yeah so if you are feeling if you are feeling like firm or if you're doing something like let's say you're doing the add one challenge then it might be worth letting your tutor know that this is the plan and you know like this is what i want to get to and i'm going to be doing a lot in a short time and you know i need you to support me through it so that's the kind of conversation that you know comes from the goal but i'm i am jumping ahead again so i don't know Notes are notes. Who needs notes? We're jumping. Uh, <laughs> this is a free-flowing, free-spirited show. <laughs> okay, next question that I, I, I think is a helpful one to ask yourself if you're a language learner. Do you want to work with a specific resource? Do you want to work with a specific resource only? And do you want the tutor to buy it too? Has this ever happened to you with a student, Lindsay, that's, that they asked you to buy the textbook? Not to buy. I had one student who was doing um, GCSEs and the parent bought me a copy of the revision guide that they had. Mm -hmm. So we would work through that together in lessons. This was when we were online. Yeah. Um, but they, they bought it for me. Oh. I've I would never expect, like as a learner, I would never expect my tutor to buy the book that I want to use. And as a tutor, if someone said that to me, I would probably say no. Mm. To be honest, like... 
if you really want to do that, you can buy it for me. Like, yeah. <laughs> I know, kind of, I kind of said yes and added it to the invoice in the past. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think it's fair enough, and and we we are agreed on that. If you've got a specific resource and it costs money, and you're paying your tutor for the time, then it shouldn't be included in the time that they go out and purchase the same resource, because that's not paying them anymore. Mm. But but it is it is not out of the realm of the possible to ask for a specific resource to be used. Yeah, no, not at all. I think yeah. that's actually really helpful. I had a student mm. who did Berlitz lessons and mm-hmm. then had private lessons to supplement his Berlitz. So yeah. I had, he, he would scan all this, the Berlitz materials to me because I can't go out and buy a Berlitz course at like the library or something like that or the, yeah. the bookshop. And uh, But it was great because he'd already gone through it all. And I was kind of like the the second second pass person. You know what? Now you say that another student I used to work with offline was studying for um, a medical exam in English. Mm, cool. And so we worked through her books for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was another example. Yeah, absolutely. So if you are working with a specific kind of resource, or you're studying for a specific type of text or test, uh, it's actually it's actually a really cool, it can be a really cool thing for the, t- for the partnership with the tutor to be working with the same book. Now, I enjoyed being that person's second pass tutor because it means your student turns up and they're really prepared for the class. Right. Yeah. So next question kind of related, are you working to any kind of deadline? For example, an exam or a, a moving date? Mm. You know, so on the 1st of December, I am I'm going to be setting foot into... Uh, into Spain and I don't know enough and you know like then it becomes very clear then what the kind of conversations are that you're going to have to have what kind of contracts you may wish to understand and you might even have emails going back and forth and saying I really need to understand what this means and I need to be able to reply here so yeah. instantly it becomes a different kind of um, thing so tell your tutor about your life your life really and your life um, events that are coming up in that way hmm. Um, oh, I have had somebody who wanted to learn German because she was presenting at a conference in Germany. Mm. And that was, you know, so so when that person has been to the conference and they're finished, they didn't have as much desire to continue the lessons. We did maybe one or two and then they said, oh, you know, I'm done with German for now. But until then, you've got a very specific, you know, like I will know not to teach her a lot of casual language and not to use so much casual language and try and be more formal. Exactly. Yeah. It helps, it helps the tutor, you know, to kind of tailor what they're teaching, doesn't it as well? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Knowing all all of this stuff. And then a final, a final question um, related to your goal. Is your goal about a feeling? Do you want to feel confident? Do you want to feel comfortable? You want to feel encouraged? Or is it more about hard data? Are you really, you know, like, is, is what you are after? Perhaps I want to know, this much vocab or I want to, you know, I want to be able to work through the vocab in this book. I want to, you know, like here is a specific thing. Or perhaps you want to know all of the grammar that is in the directory for B2. Mm. And I think that is when, you know, when you become clearer to yourself about what you're looking for, when you have that first trial lesson, that's when you can straight away see if there is a match. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, oh, there's another, excuse me, in my little, in my little notes, I didn't type this bit, but Lindsay, yes. where would somebody go to find an online tutor, offline tutor, private tutor? Where would you go? Well, it depends on the, the language. So, you know, if I'm looking for something kind of um, quick, like right now, the project I'm doing right now after Korean, it's like six weeks. So it's not going to be very long. So I've gone straight to italki. If I was looking for something more long-term, I'd start looking around. You know, a lot of online tutors, are if they're independent, they're maybe writing blog posts. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're making videos on YouTube. Maybe they're on Instagram. So I'd be going to these places where I kind of normally hang out, you know, um, and and just searching around for like, you know, the the language and asking questions, asking people questions. yeah, and doing it that way. Mm-hmm. Hundred percent agree. I think I well with Italki, it's not like you can't find someone that will you know you will you'll be will have for ages and ages. But for you no. and me both, we 
we have we've made that switch to being independent tutor and we we want to support independent tutors as well it's a great great career choice great job choice to be an independent language tutor and with that comes that exactly as Lindy was saying that tutor if you if you want somebody who you know is is doing this full time maybe has maybe used to be on italki and they might not be on italki anymore because they want to you know run their own show they might they are producing helpful content they are out there and i wrote down social media as well mm. so this is something marisa told me recently um who marisa former language coachy of mine is she's very active on instagram came to women in language so so this person in the polyglot community hey marisa if you're listening uh something she said recently i thought was really good it, she had her italki stopped working or something like that so she had to find tutors in other places and beyond asking of course just straight up asking you know on instagram the social network where she was she also looked for hashtags like french tutor or french yeah. teacher and stuff like that and i never thought of that so i'm like on instagram now going Hashtag Mandarin tutor, hashtag Chinese tutor. Yeah. Hashtag BSL tutor. No, no, no. <laughs> You're getting distracted. Uh, th those, are, those are really, really great places to look that we don't necessarily think about. And our personal networks as well. Yeah, for sure. Facebook groups are another one where there's that element of community. Mm -hmm. And you can ask quite openly if people know anyone. That's right. Yeah. So, And if you know anybody who is learning your target language, ask them for a recommendation. Ask them for a recommendation because if they're happy with their tutor, it might be, you know, it might be as well that, you know, you, you're sharing the tutor. Mm. I'm sharing a Welsh tutor with someone in the community now because <laughs> <laughs> there's only about four of them on Instagram. So we landed oh. on the same Welsh tutor. So it's really good. <laughs> if you are interested in, in any kind of offline lesson, places where you can look as well is uh, local notice boards, sort of in your local Costa or in your local asta or not places that end in don't end in da will also have notice boards but various local notice boards kind of places that's often where people advertise their language classes you may even want to put up a notice yourself and just say hey this is what i'm looking for and there's always that that local facebook group you know the ones that sort of go i don't know what what day have we got a been yeah. we're in my garden right now <laughs> that kind of thing yeah bins didn't get collected at 10 a.m today Yeah, had to leave mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Ken Jackson's getting better. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anything like that. What's that noise? There's a helicopter. Any of those groups. You may, you know, like just, I wouldn't necessarily post in there. Um, I have I have done and successfully, but I did sort of get a lot of nonsense answers as well. So if you don't want to bother with any of that, search the group, like just do a search for the word tutor or the word language, or perhaps your, even your target language. See if something comes up. May not work, may work though. And then there's always the chance of a straight up Google. There are lots and lots of directories that let tutors list. If you search for um, a language and tutor and your city name, just see if something comes up. Because there may be somebody local who's eager, eager for new students and that you never knew about. I feel like straight up Google is like a SoundCloud rap song waiting to happen. <laughs> I just like that combination of words. Straight up Google. Straight up Google. <laughs> okay let's come out of the english class and get into the first <laughs> lesson that you're going to have with your language tutor and i wrote something in my notes and i want to emphasize this and Lindsay, i'm sure you're gonna you're gonna do the snaps your yeah, first I can see lesson it. it's in big big bold letters your first lesson in your with your new tutor is not going to be a normal lesson shots fired pew 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 it's so true though isn't it Like you, and it shouldn't be. It yes. shouldn't be. You're not going to just sit down and go like, right, okay, I'm here with my tutor, tutor, tutor Jamie, tutor Jamie's going to teach me Welsh, and it's it's just not going to it's not going to work as much because they don't know you, you don't know them, and it's 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 I don't know. It's like expecting the first date to be the best kiss of your life or something like that. Oh, love at first sight, right? You mean it's not going to be that? Oh. Da, 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 da. Okay, well, having a normal and super productive and just everything just clicks into place language lesson on the first lesson that you have with a new tutor is probably as likely as love at first sight. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. And love Try at first again. sight, like both ways. Not just like you look at them and you go, uh-huh, uh-huh. But they look at you and they're like, uh-huh, uh-huh. 
and then intellectually you just you know like your intellects just meld into a magical cloud of knowledge and you come out fluent and mm. no and it's not gonna happen it's not gonna happen your first lesson is not gonna be a normal lesson so just prepare and to be honest that's i think it's a good thing to have a shorter first call yeah. I, I used to say to my students so the first call yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna assess where you're at in german i want to know but also i'm literally just gonna make sure that skype works with you yeah I'm going to make That's sure, thing. you know, yeah, like, yeah, we're just going to get all this connection stuff out of the way. We're going to have this, you know, this conversation and stuff like that. And a lot of tutors, I know when you're a private tutor, you sort of have this discussion. Do I do a free lesson or not? You know, do I do a free trial lesson? Mm. And I think to do a free trial lesson and prepare as if you're giving a lesson and completely expect yourself to teach a lesson is too much. And I, I personally wouldn't recommend that. But to have a little intro call where you actually work out, is this, you know, is, is this going to work? Do I get a good feel for this person? Are we on the same page? I think that is, I think that is amazing. Yeah, Sorry. that's a good idea. Have, <laughs> I've got opinions next to me here. Can you hear them? Is it, is it a cat opinion? Yeah, she's quiet now. Oh. No, I think that's a great idea. Excellent. So I've got a few things and then from your notes as well, I've kind of put together a few things that you, you can ask about and you can talk about. And I think if your first lesson goes well, these are the things that you know about. Okay. So the first is price, uh, packages. You mentioned packages and then frequency and length of classes. What do you mm. think about that? Yeah. Like, you know, you want to know how much the lesson is <laughs> and then obviously that might also then determine how frequently you have lessons as well so it kind of it mm -hmm. might be a, a balancing act knowing one piece of information there's going to help you to figure out the other um, and things like packages do they offer any packages perhaps there's a package with a discount maybe there's a package where they offer you extra corrections or you know any kind of extras like that um, and do you do you want that is that what you're after that kind of extra support that extra like outside of lesson time knowing that you can be able to drop them an email and ask a question about a word that you've just discovered in your textbook that kind of thing right um, is that something that you're going to want or do you just want basic stand-up standalone lessons as they are right mm. um so I yeah stand-up lessons stand-up lessons <laughs> there's, a lot, there's a lot to there's a lot to kind of determine there i think and you'll you'll begin to figure all of that out in that first that first time that you meet yeah definitely definitely and it's it really is interesting as well to to think through like you said something there that is the interaction outside lessons because with some tutors you may want to you may want to whatsapp them you know, you may not mm. want to send them a message and go like, hey, you know, like I just learned this and that and that. You know, and you you kind of want to get a feel for whether that whether they are that kind of tutor. But they may also be wanting to say something to you like, don't expect me to reply. But like you can send me stuff. Like I do this with language coaching. Not that I'm saying like, oh, you're not going to reply to emails. <laughs> you know, don't waste my time. But what I say to a lot of them is, um, you, if you want before a session, you can email me all of your thoughts. You don't, mm. you don't have to do it in a way like you don't have to expect me to reply, but you can just email it. I will read it. I will know where you're at in your headspace, you know, yeah. and that is really, that to me is really important. And I will, you know, I will read it. I will think about how can I, you know, how can I, how can we start talking about your problems? or your, you know, your successes for that matter. But and then when you start the session, you can kind of dive right in. Yeah, yeah. I know much more where people are and I know, you know, what I can pick up from from their emails. But it's not compulsory. And I don't want to put any extra pressure on them to send me some kind of report every two weeks. It's not about that. So these these kind of extra interactions, you can kind of start talking about that and, and ask mm. them what do you think, you know, what's been helpful for your students in the past. Yeah. That's a very, very good point. And then again, length of classes. I find an hour of class when I'm when I'm early in a um, in my language learning. I find an hour of class not really. I find it. I, I don't know. It just intimidates me. So I, I kind of don't book an hour. Very <laughs> and, long. Yeah, but also you'll know after your first short session, you'll know if that's a person you want to spend a whole hour with, like staring at each other. <laughs> yeah that's true so so that's the first point and then the second point we mentioned this previously a little bit when we talked about your goals and and how determined you want to be that there is experience match 
And that is something I thought about something that Judith Meyer, I don't know, I think she wrote it on her blog. Judith Meyer wrote about how she thinks about working with tutors and how working with an experienced tutor is very is usually a really ideal option for somebody who is an early learner who who hasn't really self-studied languages before whereas if you're the more experienced you become as a self-studier self-student self-taught learner polyglot whatever <laughs> the more experienced you become the more you may actually want to look for a tutor with less experience because they don't have as much expectation in their head about how the lesson's going to go yeah 100% agree with that. Mm. What do you what did you find did you have a preference when you were tutoring? Did you, did you have a special kind of like this is my favorite sort of student? Um not really. I quite like that kind of intermediate stage as people begin to become more aware of things like idioms and little expressions. I quite like that. Mm. And what did you did you have anything specific that you like people to expect from you or do you did you like to lead the whole lead the show um i don't know really i would always plan to lead you know lead the whole lesson mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. but then be very much open to the idea of you know someone coming and saying oh this has happened i need to suddenly do this or i need to learn how to talk about this or whatever and then be like okay yeah let's do that true and i find for me as a learner i've i've just um, had this tutor and do you remember I was texting you and Shannon and say and saying <laughs> if if you're kind of if you've had a tutor and you sort of feel like okay I would like to try somebody else not because they're a bad tutor but the, the style wasn't I don't think the style was really landing with me because she was working through a textbook when I by myself am already working through a textbook mm. so it was just duplicating a lot of textbooky stuff and and I thought, no, I'd, I'd actually quite like a less structured lesson. But I was asking you, and this is perhaps a question for, for you podcast listeners as well. So please let me know. Send send your messages to to us and let us know. Do you ghost? <laughs> have, you, have you ever ghosted a tutor? Do you ghost a tutor? Or do you, what, you know, like what, what is the etiquette there? It's a very good question. Um... I think I probably have in the past. I think I've definitely been ghosted as well by tutors where they've kind of disappeared. <laughs> um, I think it's probably okay in the, in the, in the kind of, and this I think is where the difference comes in, in that kind of like bigger, like sort of tutor marketplace, you know, like I talk, he mm -hmm. is probably more okay than it is for like an independent tutor to just ghost them. Yeah. I'm reminded, I was reminded of, um, of my hairdresser. <laughs> Cause you, you know, when you like, cause when I first moved to Canterbury, it took me ages to find a hairdresser that, that I liked, um, and that charged what, what I wanted, you know, sort of in the range of what I, what I was ready to pay. And I was, I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think I ended up just Googling, like, how do I, how do I tell my hairdresser I want to switch hairdressers? Just like, what, is, how awkward is this going to be? Um, and there was hairdressers replying saying happens all the time. Happens yeah. all the time. They're, you know, people just don't, people don't come back. And I feel like, do you know what? That's actually okay. For, me, for okay. me as a tutor, if I've had somebody who's, who I've had for a year, really regular, and they suddenly disappear off the face of the earth, I think I'd be, I'd feel very differently about it. Yeah. But if someone's had three trial lessons and they don't, they don't come back, who cares? Exactly. Exactly. And in that, so, so that is sort of, yeah, I think that's where I came down with ghosting as well. What happened in the end is that this tutor is, is now no longer available. So perhaps they actually ghosted me. <laughs> well, she didn't ghost. She, you know, she made herself unavailable for all students. So decided to take a break from tutoring, which came in at a very convenient time, I suppose. So, um, and, but like I said as well, just to emphasize, this isn't because that person was a bad teacher. They were excellent. No. It, it just wasn't quite what I wanted from my class. Yeah. So, and, and in that sense, try out a few. And this is something I hear from many, many language learners. Just try out a few. It's fine. Okay. So we've talked about structure as well already. Two questions that um, I want to suggest you ask your tutors if you are doing that first lesson. Number one is, have you worked with my type of situation before? So this is really about the goal. Do you have an exam you're working towards? Are you moving? Do you want to 
start getting a lot of vocab to, you know, go to work? Um, or are you just learning for a hobby? And just ask them, have you worked with this type of thing before? And um, also on that, if they say no, don't feel like that's an instant no mm. to, from from your part. Don't feel like, oh, well, guess this isn't the perfect tutor, <laughs> you know, because everyone needs experience. You're going to be like, you know, someone needs to be their first student in that situation is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And if they are super excited, they're going to just do more yeah. prep for you. Exactly. So you're gonna you're gonna have actually got you know you're gonna have a research assistant. <laughs> this is, and I've had this in the past where I've had a student who did holistic medicine in Switzerland and massage mm. and stuff, and I looked up loads of articles and therapy stuff, and that, and I found it interesting too. I'd never worked obviously with anybody in that field before, but that doesn't mean you know like like Lindsay says, if they haven't worked with your type of situation before you still get a sense of whether they are excited about it. Mm. And then the other question is, what kind of lesson structure, if you don't know what you are after, what kind of lesson structure would you suggest for me? And if they then say, well, I always work with this textbook, here is a sample page, then you can, you know, like you might very quickly go, that's not for me. Or it might just be, that's exactly what I'm looking for. Yep. Okay. Exactly. And then the last thing to look out for is chemistry how do we how do we measure that how do you how do you assess chemistry on a first lesson Lindsay how do you know it's going to be a match made in heaven <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily I wouldn't necessarily say just after a first lesson I think you can kind of tell if you feel like yep I'm going to get somewhere but it might not come right away it might be a second lesson or a third lesson so if you feel like okay mm -hmm. it was good enough and then maybe book a, one or two more to see and then after then it might be when you kind of get the ball rolling and feel like yep yeah, you know I'm I'm able to ask the questions I want to ask and get the answers to them rather than feel like I'm being brushed off or you know like when I'm learning a language I like to ask a lot of questions about like okay but what does that word mean like what's the literal meaning of this sentence or this expression and oh okay so does that verb come from this and you know all of those slightly weirder deeper questions that a teacher, and I've definitely had this in the past where a teacher isn't really used to that. And they're kind of like, well, you don't need to know that. Just, you know, stick mm. to the book, next page, right? And I'm like, well, I can't work with this. I need to know the answers to these questions. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of things that have come after a couple of lessons together. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And you you don't know necessarily if, that teacher has a, has a different idea of what teaching is based on their type of environment, their country. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So somebody who is teaching you like American English might want to talk much more about, might talk, might create a much more free-flowing lesson than somebody who is teaching Russian. Or even, or even to use the same example, teaching you business English, mm. you mm -hmm. know? their whole approach might be different because they're thinking, oh, my students want to learn business English, therefore they're professionals, therefore I need to be smart and formal and, you know, so the whole lesson structure might be completely different just based on the type of English or the type of language that they think that you want. Absolutely, absolutely. And that, yeah, that that's really, that's a fascinating one as well because that, that's brought up something that I personally, again, this is my personal preference, would not want a tutor to do and mm. that is to if i'm into let's say intermediate and an advanced level and this is a tricky one because i see this when i see this with english tutors english um not online tutors as much but you know when i meet people who who are english tutors who are elt tutors and stuff like that mm. um and they might teach it in a classroom and stuff there there is this sort of tendency to say like no that is not correct it should be this and this and this and this. Yeah, I think that's another thing in terms of chemistry is the way that corrections are given and how you feel about that. Because you're going to, you know, you need a teacher to correct you, but do you want them to interrupt you as you're speaking every single word? Mm -hmm. Is that the level that you're at? Are you at that point where it is that kind of pernickety bits of pronunciation that you need correcting? Or do you want to be able to be able to, do you want to be able to be able to? <laughs> do you want to be able to just speak you know, and, and get as much out as you can and just really try and then be able to kind of 
take a breath and go back and have them have made notes on all the things that matter that you got wrong, you know? And when I was, when I'd be teaching, I would say in a first lesson, I'd always say, oh, you know, at some point there'd be a moment where things would, the conversation would start to kind of drift into regular conversation. You'd say, oh, by the way, as you're talking, how do you want me to correct you? Do you want me to interrupt and kind of correct as we go? Or do you want me to make notes and we can check in every few minutes and, and kind of do a bulk batch of corrections? And, you know, people would often think, oh, Oh, I've never thought about that. <laughs> and But then actually they would be able to then pick the style that, that suited them the best. So I think that's something as well as a good teacher would be flexible with things like that. Yeah, yeah. And it it prompts you as the learner instantly to take more control and to, to understand exactly. that this is the one-to-one environment is so much of a partnership in a way that the group environment isn't. Mm-hmm. So you kind of come out and you you really come in and you've got this extra, you kind of got something extra. And one tip that I think um, helps in a first lesson that I like is if your tutor asks you lots of questions in the first session, not like, not like where are you from? Da, 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 but they ask you questions about your learning. Um, yeah. Maybe just spend five minutes on that, five to 10 minutes to really, you know, get you to tell them what the story is of how you're learning and what you're using and all that kind of stuff. To me, that's good news. To me, that's good news. I, I really want that from my tutors in a way to, to really get a sense of how I learn and what my learning style and preferences and experience levels are. Because mm. otherwise what happens is I get tutors telling me stuff about language learning. Um, and and because, of, because I happen to, to, you know, work and obsess about language learning, I then, like, either I, I disagree with them and then I, I, I kind of feel put out or I I end up in a in, in a kind of situation where we that that becomes a topic that we have all of the time. Yeah. So if you happen to have a podcast about language learning, just be upfront and just tell them straight away. <laughs> and you know, like thinking about learning methods. But even if not, you know, you you want to think about um you 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 want somebody who's who's interested in in how you want to learn because that is what's going to you know if we're going back to those pedagogic skills that's what's going to make their preparation relevant to you. 100%. Awesome. Okay, final point. Do you have a specific preference between a native or a non-native tutor? Mm, I don't have a preference. I tend to opt for the person over the language. And I assume that, you know, if they're offering themselves as a teacher of this language, then even if they're a non-native, their language competence is high enough that they could teach me something. And if they're native, I would assume, okay, their pedagogic competence and their language awareness is high enough that they think they can teach me something. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, and I'm kind of trusting them on that point. I think this is where the get your girlfriend to teach you their language I don't know why it's always girlfriend, but you know, like get your partner to teach you their language thing often falls flat is that native speakers don't necessarily have language awareness or pedagogic skills. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like you said at the start, you know, I'm doing a, Christian and I are going to Germany at the weekend and I'm speaking German to him this week and trying to get him to reply in German. And it genuinely is so much hard work for me as well as for him. Yeah, I'll bet. Yeah. <laughs> it's really but difficult. It's not normal for you. Even as even as like a friend, the first language that you speak in tends it, it just tends to then fall back to that, right? Mm-hmm. It's the same reason why when you go to like the polyglot conference or whatever, the language that you'll speak the most over those few days, guaranteed 100% is going to be English. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, that's not a bad thing. That's just a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tricky. And you can tell, like, it feels like when we speak German, we're not quite as close. And that's because like all of our shared memories are in English as well. Right. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a tricky kind of situation, but I feel that I feel more confident and more equipped to do it after many years of teaching German and sort of leading retreats because it's made me a little bit less forceful with with German and you know like it makes you less when you teach the more you teach the less like judgy you get 
Mm. Um, and, and, and like judgy, not just in, I don't mean that in a, you know, you're a bad person because you can't speak German, but sort of you, you, you presume much less about what, what people know when you kind of give people more space to, to speak and mm. stuff. So I'm now, I think I'm much less interrupty and more patient. And that is something that is definitely a, a pedagogic skill that I learned yeah. o over the years. That's good. Mm. Final question. Then. Okay. If you had to choose uh, what to do for 20 hours a week, would you tutor or would you learn? Learn. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. I think I think 20 hours a week, yeah. 100%. I'd, pro I'd probably go for learn, but then I'd want to tutor at least five to even it out. <laughs> That's like by definition, not even. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> Should bring some balance back. Feel competent for once. <laughs> Okay, Lindsay, do you have anything else that, that we haven't touched on on this, this wonderful topic? Um, no, not really. Just a reminder that, you know, if, if stuff like this is interesting to you and you want to like learn more about this sort of thing every month, it's not always about picking tutors, but it, it was quite funny when you came to me, Kirsten, and said, oh, this is going to be our topic. I was like, boom, I've just literally written a language study club script about this. Um, so yeah, language study club, <laughs> um, it's open all the time. You can join us whenever And uh, yeah, see you on the inside. Awesome. So that's Language Study Club. You'll find it in the show notes, which are going to be at fluent.show slash 156. And in those show notes, you're also going to find the link to our new Patreon page, patreon.com slash fluent show, where you can, if you want to support the show on Patreon, if you already support other shows on Patreon, you can now add us to your bouquet of generosity and fun. <laughs> so that is that is patreon language study club and of course you can send us an email with a question or record an intro in one of your target languages send that to hello at fluentlanguage.co.uk find us on the twitter find us on the instagram Lindsay is ld languages on twitter and Lindsay does languages on instagram we're also on facebook where you could just type stuff in the search bar there you'll figure it out and i am at fluent language and at the fluent show on twitter and on instagram k-e-r-s-t-i-n underscore fluent so there's lots of different ways of getting in touch doesn't really matter how you get in touch i always oi oi i always read your messages i always read your messages <laughs> and until next week it is goodbye from me goodbye and goodbye from Lindsay. ciao ciao Thank you for listening to The Fluent Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting the show by leaving a review in your podcast app or even becoming a member of our Patreon community where our supporter perks include a secret feed full of added show notes and a VIP option where you can get priority answers to your listener questions on the podcast. Don't forget that you can send us your language questions and feedback to hello at fluentlanguage.co.uk or find us on Twitter at The Fluent Show or Instagram, hashtag The Fluent Show. We're always so excited to hear from you and read every message and review. See you next week.